Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to chat a little bit about the season so far, talk about our mid-season training camp over in Spain, look at Hearts Australian World Cup stars and how they performed over in Qatar, we look ahead to Hibs in the Scottish Cup and we preview Kilmarnock on Saturday. How are we all this week, guys? It's lovely to be back in the hot seat. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Delighted. Delighted to be back. Delighted to be back. Gordon, are you, are you feeling happy to be back being a panellist? Or did you enjoy your time in the hot seat? Listen, you know, I'm, I'm a man of many skills, Ross. And uh, as the fans well know, that I can do both quite, quite easily. And, uh, you know, it's not about me. Uh, it's about the fans. And um, I'm happy to sit here and give my opinion, but I'm also happy to ask others for their opinions. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I can really say, to be honest with you. I mean, my feelings are irrelevant. I sacrifice myself every show for the fans. That's great to hear, because we are a podcast for the fans. Um, Calvin, um, have you missed the football? Missed the hearts? Obviously, we've had the World Cup, but have you missed the hearts? I have I've missed it to a point. I've I've been quite busy the last few weekends. Um, I'm not sure I would have made any sort of game last Saturday had it been had it been played. Um, Friday before that I was out as well. So the last couple of Saturdays have been quite quite difficult ones. Um, but yeah, overall missed it. I think this time of year is when football is its best. You know, you go to the games, freezing cold. Go to the pub after it's nice and warm. It's nice to be feeling. But um, yeah. Yeah, nice. I think I think we needed the break. I think I think we've had a lot a lot of football in a, a very short period of time. I think we, even as fans, could have done well a bit of a break that we got. So, but now I'm glad it's coming back on Saturday. Yeah, we we have discussed this on other podcasts and and and, and in person as well, Gordon. But there was a wee bit of football fatigue going on, um, before the break, wasn't there? Yeah, a little bit. Um... I think if we'd been winning every week, I don't think we'd be saying that, to be honest. But um, I think the fact that we had been on a, a pretty poor run um, through those kind of uh, September and October months um, in particular, I mean, to be fair, it did pick up a little bit. Um, obviously, the draw against Livingston was, was a disappointing way to end because realistically we wanted to, to win that one. But I thought certainly there was a, a little bit more of a... Um, a realistic look to Hearts, and obviously that that helped with the return of the certain players. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I can certainly agree with that. You know, it's it's quite funny saying it um, when when our lives basically revolve around football, and then, and then saying, "Oh well, actually, maybe we've had a little bit too much football." But um, yeah, the break's been all right, to be fair, and um, at least now we're on the cusp of um of it all kicking off again and uh, it almost does feel like it's the start of a new season again only the hearts of you would moan about too much football eh? only us only us um we're going to touch a little bit on the um start of the season that we've had obviously we're nearing the sort of mid-season point calvin how do you feel the start of the season has gone for hearts as we're nearing that sort of midpoint uh, it's been a mixed bag um, our home form in the league has been pretty decent. Um, picked up the odd decent result away from home. There's been a few few shockers in there as well. I think that the European campaign took a lot out of us. Um, 
I think there were some pretty pretty heavy defeats in that, along with some heavy defeats to the old fun. Um, that probably gives a bit of a kick in. But overall, I've said, I'm sure said in the, the start of the show, and I've said, sort of the start of the season, I've said many times since, if we were within, four, within six points of the World Cup break, a third, we would we would be okay and we would finish within four. So overall, it's probably about where I expected us to be. And that was before all the injuries. So maybe slightly better than I expected, given the given the injury run we had to deal with. So it's yeah, mixed, mixed bags what I'd go with. Would you agree with that sentiment, Gordon, that you know we've you know it could have been a lot worse? Yeah, but it could have been a lot better. Um but then I suppose if you do look at an isolation and um you 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 look at the fact that we have played both halves of the old front twice now. Um we have obviously uh, went away to Aberdeen. Uh, we've played Livingston away as well, who are having a fabulous season. Uh, we've went up to Dingwall. Um, so you you do look at our kind of run of fixtures, and, and particularly the ones that ended up after European games, to be sitting where we are at the moment, I guess, isn't isn't particularly... It's not bad, anyway. It's certainly not the end of the world. I mean, it would have been quite easy, I think, for previous Hearts teams to, to perhaps be sitting well into the bottom six um, after runs of fixtures like that. So... Um, credit to an extent, but I still think you know it could have been a lot better. Um, I think even with the injuries, though, I don't think we handled ourselves particularly well at times. Um, and it it was almost that run I think of September October. It was more the manner of the defeats. I think you know, particularly in Europe. Um, I think they they had a detrimental effect on our league form. Um. I think getting pumped against, you know, Fiorentinas and the Istanbul's, you've seen the hangover it led to going into to some of the league games, particularly, you know, like that Rangers game at home and um, even Aberdeen away, I think. Uh, although, I mean, at times the performance was okay, but I think if we had stepped up, I think if there was more belief um, in us, we would have went on and won that game and we really should have done. Um, and then you look, we're going to the Celtic game at home and there's more fight about us, there's more belief, and yeah, we lost the game, but it was a performance, and, and you've seen that kind of um, almost kick-started, um, a revival up until the winter break. Um, the performances were a lot better, there was an, there was more of an idea about how they wanted to play, um, and so I just think they lost their way during that European campaign, and maybe it was a confidence thing, I don't know, but um, I just think the man of the defeats weren't good enough and, and you've got to look at that and say to yourself, right, why did that happen? Was it the way the manager set us up? Was it that the players just aren't good enough? Was it the injuries? And um, I think all three of those things are probably true, but what it comes down to ultimately now is is it's behind us and you've got to learn from it. Uh, we've now got a, a run the second half of the season um, yes, it'll be tough games, but if we can get a little bit of luck on the injury front, if we can invest in January, there's absolutely no doubt that Hearts should be finish, uh, finishing third by the very least 10 to 15 points again. I think that that's how much a, a, a gap between us and the rest of the teams are there is. But obviously you've got to go there and do it. And um, we've not had a rub of the green in the first half of the season, I don't think. So the good thing is now, realistically, the fixture uh, load is a lot better, it's a lot more favourable, and I don't think Hearts have any excuses anymore. 
do you agree with with Gordon there, Calvin? Yeah, no, I think I think he's right. I think um, I think it could have it could have been better. I think he's right with the fixtures. I've, I've stated before, without wanting to go down the barrel of a conspiracy theory, the the fixtures we were given, particularly after European ties, was a uh, it's pretty shocking, really. And we've actually done quite well. I mean, you look at Kelly Kelly away coming back for two 0 down with ten minutes to go to get a draw. Going away to Ross County after uh, was that after Istanbul? Was that no? Ross County was after we got home, wasn't it? Went away to Motherwell after we got away, got a win. Um, got a trip to Pataudry after Florence, terrible fixture planning. Motherwell at home after uh, after Istanbul away, got a win. So, our yeah, our fixtures before it, the fact we've played the old farm four times, played our only two home games between in the entire European run was Celtic and Rangers. That was pretty, pretty poor planning on somebody's part. And I'm, I'm a wee bit disappointed. Calvin, the supercomputer. Supercomputer's part, yeah, of course it was. Um, I'm a wee bit dis not disappointed. Like, for, for good reason, moving the winning game to the Saturday in, in January, I fully feel, I feel understand why, but I kind of felt coming back off the off the winter break with two very winnable home games right back to back could have set us up, um, could have set us up brilliantly. But overall, our fixture run now, I know we will drop points. It's inevitable. We're not going to win every game between now and Celtic away in February. But we should be aiming to. The, the, the run of fixtures we've got, obviously St Johnston away in December, it is what it is. But we need to start going there and winning. It's been far, far too long. Kelly um, home on Saturday. It's not beat them at home since 2016. I was reading today, which is pretty shocking so we need to start putting that right and if we do I think what Gordon says we, we've improved the squad's improved on last year the, the teams around us aside from Aberdeen haven't Aberdeen have improved there's no getting away from it so I'm not convinced we'll finish 10 to 15 points clear of Aberdeen but we should be finishing above them there's, there's no doubt about that um, Livy as good as they've been and have had a great season I can't see them maintaining it the whole the whole way the squad's just not big enough Got a really, really good, strong start at eleven, but outside of that, they're a bit, a bit thin on the ground. So, so yeah, I think, I think we're due a run. Um, we've had a few very, very good results, even in that that run of fixtures. Talking about, I say going up to Dingwall, a ground we sort of semi struggle. We don't tend to lose up there. We don't win a lot. Get three points up there. I draw at Kelly, three points at Far Park, and a very good performance. I think, I think we'll be all right. Set it up, set it for a long enough time. I think, I think we'll be fine. Top three again. Short of something disastrous happening between now and now in the the summer, I would expect us to finish in the top three. That obviously has to be the expectation, Gordon, finishing the top three, even after Europe, etc. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no excuses, is there? I mean, the club's quick to pat itself on the back when it does things well, and um, I think if they if they weren't finished third, um, this season then it would be an absolute disaster. And um, I think you would have to look at a managerial change if that wasn't the case, in my opinion. I think given the, the, the ambition of the football club, um, the way it, it toots its own horn, particularly as we've heard in the um, the EGM and things like that, you know, record profits and all this sort of thing, they've got to continue down that path and they've got to do everything necessary. And if they've got a big transfer window coming up, they clearly need enforcements. I thought we left ourselves short in summer. 
Um, so now they've got to go out and spend money and um, and get a couple of good players in. You know, there's talk of Callum Patterson, tremendous signing. Uh, I really do think he would he would boost the team and um, he would really come in and make a, a big impact. Players of that ilk, I think. Um, you know, there's talk of uh, the, the the South Korean chat again. You know, good pedigree. Can they come in and make an impact? We've seen what Sims was able to do last January when he came in. Um, so it's important that I think we get a goal scorer in. Um, Patterson adds to that absolutely. You know, I think he was our top goal scorer before he got injured and uh, eventually, obviously, left that that summer. But um, I you, you know, you can play Patterson anywhere uh, across the kind of the right hand side. Um, whether that's wing back, right midfield, or, or as part of a kind of um, forward line, and still like to see us add him for his versatility, but also bring in another goal scorer as well. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, but I think it's certainly a big tra- uh, transfer window for Hearts now, and you know they they can't rest on their laurels at this time. Um, and I think anything less than third and group stage football next season would be a, a complete failure because if we're not going to win the cup, then obviously you would expect one of the old firm too. And if that's if that doesn't happen, if another team outside the old firm wins it and it's not us, then again that the, the club has failed on that part in my opinion. We're going to move on and we're going to chat a little bit about our mid-season training camp in Spain. Calvin, we lost 4-0 to Blackburn and um, there was a cancelled game with Almeria as well where there seemed to be a punching match going on in the middle of the game. Yeah, um, I, I can't really say too much in the Blackburn game. I never watched any of it. It was on a Friday too. I don't know if there was any way to watch it. Um, in the Almeria game, I watched none of it aside from the, the punch-up. A bit of a farce, really. Um, pre-season friendly. Like Cochran just nicks the bar in the back. It's hardly anything malicious. Just a wee... We bit petulant and then some uh, some big Spaniard, assuming Spanish probably isn't, just comes in steaming out of nowhere and forearm smashes Cochrane in the ground, and all hell breaks loose. And I think uh, Robbie Nelson done the done the smart thing because what's the point in getting players? It's like, the game's only going to go one way from there. There's just going to be there's going to be a lot of needle and a meaningless friendly. So take the players off. There's no point in getting injuries. Red cards can technically carry over from friendlies. Um, I think we're fortunate on this occasion. It doesn't seem the referees reported anything. So I don't think Cochrane's going to get a suspension unless anyone said differently. Um, but I, it's, it's just a bit of a shambles. I was quite quite pleased to see that um, the young lad, Aaron, was it Aaron Dodge at the back for Hearts, came flying into the aid of his teammates. That's the, the sort of player you want. Your, you want your squad to a bit of a, a bit of fight, which was wanting to get stuck in for his team. Um, but yeah, the whole thing's a bit of a shambles, really. I mean, you're talking about it's it's not even a preseason friendly. It's just it was just about it was a kickabout, a kickabout in the park, and it's uh, descended into absolute farce. So our, our warm weather training camp, where it appeared to piss with rain for the entire week, with a, a thumping from Blackburn in the middle and uh, <laughs> an abandoned match because the scrap seemed uh, a roaring success. But nah, it's that's not you can't blame the club for any of that. It's just. Is what it is. I think I think Nielsen done the done the clever thing. It's a bit of a shambles. It is. It's almost like Gordon. It's the most Scottish football thing to happen on a on a mid season warm weather training camp in Spain. Yeah, just a bit of a jolly up, really, wasn't it? Uh, it's what you'd expect when you you have a wee a wee kick a bit. Uh, it gets a little bit feisty in the sun after a few uh, margaritas. Not suggesting for a minute that's what the Hearts players were doing, of course. Um. 
No, listen, I, I think these warm weather training camps are quite good. You see them go away in kind of January time when they have that um, winter break and um, the players always seem to kind of benefit from it, I think. Um, on this particular occasion, you know, we've managed to get a couple of the injured boys back and get them back integrated into the squad. Obviously, you've had the Aussie boys who have, who have been away, but um, I think it's good for, for Halkett and, and Kingsley in particular. You know, they've managed to recover properly now and they've, they've had a plenty of training sessions and, and a little bit of game time as well. So um, that'll stand them in, in quite good stead as well, you'd imagine. Um, so, yeah, it's all about bonding, isn't it? And as uh, Calvin mentioned as well, young Darge getting getting involved in it, you know, that's what you want to see, particularly from a kid that age. Um, you know, shows that he's got a bit of bottle and, and a little bit about him. So good to see. Yeah, I think the, the, the whole thing was quite bizarre, really. Um it is what it is, you know. The friendlies don't really mean much. It's all about just getting sharpness. And I think the black one, one you've probably got to take in isolation. One, they're a good side, but also they were um well ahead of uh, their kind of preparation. I mean, they started uh, the championship restarted last weekend there, so um it was almost like their last friendly before they they started again. So um yeah, tough. It was. It was a a tough workout, but. You can expect that uh, when you're you're coming up against these quality teams. So, um, hopefully they learn from it. And it was just simply about fitness. But yeah, good week's training. Um, you would imagine. I don't think anybody's came back with any injuries or anything like that. So, um, positive for them to get away and and kind of refresh and reset and get ready for the for the start of what's going to be a a, a big uh, few months. Obviously, we were on we're on this early winter training camp because we've got a World Cup going on. How, how have we how have we all found the winter World Cup? It's been quite enjoyable. Just, uh, I, I wasn't looking forward to it before, more just because of the sort of interruption to the season, but quite enjoyed it. Just enjoy it as much as you can without actually having a team of support there. Um, yeah. Um, it's been good seeing a few Hearts players involved. I was going to go on to that, Calvin. Um, obviously, a few Hearts boys uh, representing Australia in the co- in the competition. Kai Rose seems to be have done very well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, he was. There's not much more you can say. It was brilliant. Him and uh, him and John's brother were, uh, were absolutely brilliant for Australia. It's surprised that I know. I mean, I know Rose a quality defender. We all do. We watched them all. Well, not all season, unfortunately. But when he's been fit, he's he's made a huge difference to the team. You could sort of see from his first first appearance for Hearts that he had something about him. He's instantly improved the defence when he came back from injury. Even that last ten minutes against Motherwell, he settled everyone right down. Ibrox, he didn't put a foot wrong. I think statistically wise, it was one of the best performances by a Hearts defender in Glasgow in a long time. I think if Matty was here, he'd have the exact stats to hand. But unfortunately, I don't I don't have that. I think he carried that on. So what I was surprised is that he was able to take it up to that that next level, um, playing against some really quality opposition. You know, against Argentina, we all know how how good they are going forward. I don't think Rose really put a foot wrong. Um, France was France. Like, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, we even still, I don't, don't you can really pin the blame on Rose for any of that. The two games where they kept clean sheets to get through, they were him and Suter were phenomenal the whole the whole game. And it's it's almost a bit gutting in a way because I I just wonder if our European campaign would have been any different had he not got hurt. Because if he's able to play at that level 
to play that well at that level, how much of a difference would they make? I'm not saying with the one games, but I really don't think the the five one and the the five one off Fiorentina and the four 0 home at Istanbul would have happened to him in the squad. So it's it's on the one hand it's great to see these players do well. On the other hand, I just wish he'd been fit all season for us. But if he comes back for the second half of the season and even plays to a fraction of the level he's playing in the World Cup, then then we're on for a, a good second half. It's only positive for Hearts that you know a, a player playing at that level and playing well at that level, Gordon. Yeah, I mean you, you've got to echo what Calvin says there. I mean he's a quality player; you can see quite quickly. Um, I mean I've seen it when he, he played in the playoffs for um, Australia. It's the first time I watched him or knew anything about him uh, when we had just signed him. He played against um, who was it they were playing against? Uh, and Peru, I that was at Peru. Um, so they beat Peru on penalties and, and he was excellent he was absolutely brilliant I thought he, you could sell there was something about him he won everything um, and even when he came on you know when he played against Rangers he you know he didn't put a foot wrong that night um, I thought he was brilliant for a guy that this was his first 90 minutes in about three months or whatever it was um, so yeah so a really really quality player and I don't imagine he'll be here for too long the, the good thing for us is um you know, he's not just here for a quick stop on, on a one-year deal. We've got him down on a long-term deal. As uh, Savage said the other day there, um, that Hearts will play hard to get uh, with any suitors. And I would imagine he'll be offered a, a contract before then. Um, I think it'd be in his interest to sign it. He's here on a long-term deal anyway. But if Hearts can tie him down to an even longer deal um, beyond that, then it gives us a little bit extra security. and means we can ask for more money. And oh. I think there's any doubt that, that teams will be sniffing about him, um, possibly teams down south, but I think even teams in Europe as well will probably look at him and think, you know, yes, uh, this guy's got something about him. And, uh, you know, people talk about Harry Suter and stuff like that and the performance that he had, and, and he was a colossus, absolutely. But um, roles for me, I think, uh, yeah, he really, really burst on the scene. A lot of people will maybe... They, they won't pay as much attention to Suter because there'll be a lot of teams who will be wanting to spend big money on him because of where he is already at Stoke. Um, where, you know, they might see Rose as a kind of cheaper option, but one worth investing in. Um, so, I, I listen, I think Hearts could, could make a good amount of money, and especially if we get ourselves back into Europe, uh, whether or not he would still be here next season for our European campaign um, remains to be seen. But... Um, Certainly very encouraging, uh, particularly to have three three of them in there. I know, you know, obviously Atkinson played against uh, France and then he got a knock and kind of lost his place. But, um, you know, that can easily happen. He's still uh, quite raw himself, as, but it's a good experience. And then obviously Devlin was with the squad. And, um, I think if Australia had already been out, um, you probably would have seen Devlin get some minutes in that last game. But the fact that they were still playing for something and, and very much in, uh, in the game, then it was it was never going to be a case that I think he was going to get on, um, just given the the midfielders that Australia can already have at the moment. But still, a, a good experience for him to go away and and experience that type of thing, and I think it'll only give him even more drive and hunger. Um, not that he needs it, but it'll, it'll give him when he comes back that he's got something to strive for and something to kind of aim for. Um, so yeah, so I think the whole thing's encouraging. Um, it's been good for Hearts. None of them have came back injured. They've all came back with plenty of experience and, um, and you know, obviously they've made a little bit of money as well for the club. 
um, while being away. So, yeah, I think we can only look at it as a positive thing. Who do you think will uh, win the World Cup on Sunday? Uh, I, I actually think the French will do it. Um, I know a lot of people will be talking about Messi and, and this is Messi's World Cup and all this sort of thing, but um, I think France are just too good. And this is a France team that's still missing a lot of key players, but they still have never really been troubled in any of the games I've seen them in. I mean, even the England game, I know. England played quite well and, and they had plenty of chances and things like that, but I still thought the French were pretty comfortable. I didn't, I didn't really think that they were being overrun at any point by England. Um, I mean, England, I've got a lot of energy and, and natural ability in their side, particularly in, in the offensive areas. and They're always going to do that to you, particularly when they have a go. I just think that, that France are France and, and when you've got a player who, Kylian Mbappé, let's be honest, is the best player in the world right now. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere anyone near him um, in terms of, of ability and may, maybe Haaland possibly but um, in terms of, of everything that he gives you and, and Messi obviously Messi is Messi you know he's a legend of the game absolutely but he's still 35 or whatever 36 or something um, and he's he, he, I feel that he's actually carried Argentina at this final I think when you look through that Argentinian team there's there's not a lot and it was the same with Brazil as well. I thought I wasn't surprised to see Brazil go out. Um I thought they were they were they were never gonna win it. I thought they were a bang average side and, and I honestly put Argentina on the same same mold. I think they caught Croatia cold, um, who probably put in their worst performance in about ten years, I think, in an international scene. Um and, and that obviously got them over the line. Um and, and credit to Argentina for against the final, particularly when uh, you, you look at how they started the campaign although I would argue that first half was probably some of the best football they had played up until the Croatia game so um, yeah it's an interesting one I think uh, I think Argentina have a good chance but I, I just don't think they'll they'll have enough in the end I think the French for me uh, are too smart they know how to win now um, after the pain of 2016 uh, they've kind of put that behind them and they you know they romped to the and obviously and remember as well they, they they did beat Argentina on the way to winning the World Cup last time I think it was was it four two or something in the last sixteen uh, and that was Messi almost in his prime at that point um, so I think I think France will be fine uh, I I think they'll they'll probably win it two 0 or something but um, it's not quite the twenty eighteen France but it's still a very very good French side. Calvin. Yeah, I think. Um... As much as I would probably quite like to see Argentina win it for the whole Messi thing, don't know how much I actually care, but I think it'd be pretty decent for a player. I think it's the one thing he's not won. It's cement him as probably the greatest player of all time, but I think France are still too good. I think what Gordon's saying about Argentina's Messi has largely dragged Argentina kicking and screaming this final. France, you can't really single out one player. I think that's where the difference is going to be. I think Griezmann's probably been France's best player. Um, he's been phenomenal the whole tournament, but Mbappe's been brilliant. Um, Chiumeni's been class. Even Hugo Lloris looks competent. They've um, Giroud as well. Giroud's scored a lot of goals. So there's just, I mean, you've seen it with France the other night against Morocco. They were up against it. Bring a guy off the bench and he scores 30 seconds later. Argentina don't really have that. They've, they've not got that in a locker of things. I think, I'm wrong, if Argentina go out there and take the game to France and maybe take an early lead, then it's anybody's final. But I think France have been there, they've done it. They've been to the European final and narrowly lost, went to the World Cup final, wiped the floor of Croatia. 
I just, yeah, I think France have got too much. I think even with this being a weaker France side, it's not weak. It's probably still the strongest side in the competition. Aside from maybe you could argue England on paper, but you've seen it when... I kind of said on Saturday that the quarterfinal from NATO was probably going to be between the likely winner of the, the tournament. And that's still stand by that. I think France are, France are the best team in it. But is, nobody's retained it since Brazil in the 70s. So is it likely they're going to do it? I don't know. It's an interesting one, actually. I, I, I actually think Argentina are going to win it. But purely because I think, I, I think the stats are against France. You know, teams tend not to win two World Cups in a row. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, they don't, but I just don't know. It's, 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 an, interest, it's an interesting Football's point. Football's changed now, though. F- f- football is a lot different, um, you know, and in, in what you say about, obviously, teams not um, of um, not retaining trophies and things like that. I think I think it is different, particularly when you, you look at that, that French team, you know, it is a team full of winners who all regularly win. It's the same, I think, with Spain when they had their kind of generation, you know, the, the Spanish team, sorry, the French team has a, a little bit of a similar feel. It's maybe not as recognisable as, as maybe what the Spanish team was in, in the middle of the park. But when you've got guys like Mbappe and Griezmann and even Giroud as well, you know what I mean? I mean, they, these guys know how to get the job done. And yeah, they maybe don't play the same style of football as what those Spanish teams did, but they're just as effective and they're just as powerful. And I think that England game... um showed you they know how to get the job done even the Morocco semi-final you look at that I mean Morocco they actually gave up possession um, I think Morocco had 61% of the possession which is mad when you think about it, playing against the world champions in a semi-final of the World Cup but it showed you that the, the French had clearly watched them knew where their strengths were what, well they watched that Portugal game and they were like that's just not going to happen we're not going to allow that to happen so um, it shows you that they can adopt their style and, and I think they'll probably let Argentina have the bulk of the, the, the play and it might be a similar similar kind of way to, to how Saudi Arabia done it um, you know they'll just they'll, they'll, they'll just sting Argentina twice and, and the game will be over uh, wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't shock me if that's the case you know Argentina do have the bulk of possession the bulk of the chances but um, bang and they get done yeah, I think I think the longer the game goes on at nil nil, Argentina have a better and better chance. But you're right when you say um, you're right when you say France have so much quality. If they get an early goal and it's curtains, I would go with that. It's it's going to be a good final, I think, for once because World Cup finals traditionally tend to be pretty pretty awful. But this one seems, I think, it will actually be quite good. I don't see Argentina being. I, I don't see France steamrolling them. I think it could just be quite a professional performance, but. Argentina have got that messy factor. Football, football tends to work funny like that. You know, you've got you've got a guy like that with a he's what one thousandth and third game or something, thousandth and fourth game. This is his last chance. I mean, Argentina are a lot better balance than they have been recently. They've not got the superstars they had before, but the, there's a lot of balance in that team. Um, they're not easy to beat. They're not as they've not got as much flair as they once had, but they're they're a lot more resilient in the middle of the park. So yeah, that's it could go either way, but I still think France. We'll end that there then, because it's not the World Cup review, it's the Hearts review. We've been drawn against Hibs in the Scottish Cup during the break as well. Um 
big game at Easter Road. Will Robbie Nielsen get his first win at Easter Road? That's the big question, Gordon. No, the 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 the, the big question is how on earth do we keep getting drawn against these in the cups? It's an absolute joke, by the way. First two balls, something's got to be done about the Scottish Cup now. I think because it's, it's getting super boring. Computer. No, it's not a supercomputer or even you know what can luck of the draw and all this crap. It's nonsense, and I I, I just think that. They've got to maybe regionalise it and or make it, you know, seeded for the first few rounds. Because, you know, look at all the teams that we could have potentially got. You know, I've never seen Hearts play Greenock Morton, right? Never seen it. And and you know, I've been going, I've been watching Hearts for. I mean, I'm nearly thirty year old, right? I, and I've been going to the games for you know twenty years, right? And I've never seen Hearts play Greenock Morton. You know, I've never been. Uh, you know, there, there's teams in there that I've never even, uh, you know, been to. And 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 yet here we are. We play Hibs every year in the league, and we keep getting them constantly drawn. And it's just it's pish. I love a derby, by the way. Didn't get me wrong, but I'm sick of it every single year. And um, yeah, something's got to be done about it. You know, re rejig it up. And uh, yeah, it is, it's, it's, I'm not even excited about it. I mean, that'll probably change in the lead up to the game. But just at least it's not Hamden, I suppose. But Aye, it's just a, I'm getting sick of it, eh? Absolute boring. But at least, but isn't that the magic of the cup, though? No, yeah. what's magical about a derby? Listen, it's different if we had the play times for 30 years, but it's not the case. We play them every year. We're going to be playing them two weeks before that game. Um, It's just, aye, I, I'm just getting sick of it. You know, if it's like, you know, if it was a one-off cup derby, right? I remember the first time that um we got drawn against Hibs in the Scottish Cup um, in my lifetime, and it was the 2009 game. Uh, where we won two 0 and it was brilliant. You know, everyone was excited. There was kind of reminiscent of um, of Wayne Foster and things like that. You know, trip to Easter Road, Scottish Cup fourth round or whatever it was, um, and everybody was buzzing. And then we got them again after twenty uh, twelve, and uh, everyone was like, "Right, okay, well, I suppose we've just played them in the cup. Ha ha, it's a bit funny." And then we got them again when they got relegated in the championship. We went up, and then we got them again the year after that. And then we got them again the year after that. And then we bunk and meet them in a semi-final. And then we meet them in another semi-final. And then we're meeting them again in the cup. And you think, for fuck's sake. I mean, it's just beyond a joke now. Uh, I mean, there was what? How, how many teams were in this round of the, of the Scottish Cup? Is it 32? 32 teams or something. And we get drawn against them again. Oh, just nah. I'm getting fucking annoyed with it, man. As soon as they came out, I thought, surely no. And then I, Hibernian, Hart and Midlothian. Pish. What do you think, Calvin? I hundred percent agree. It's boring. It's get it's getting beyond a joke now. I get semi finals, it's a, a one in three chance, right? But there's see last season, right? I don't know about you guys, right? My favourite probably favourite day of day out of last season was Auckland Lake, right? Aside from obviously well, European ties this season. Last season Auckland Lake was class, right? When that draw was made, it was absolutely buzzing. It's a town we've never been to before. That's exactly what the Scottish Cup's about. It's supposed to be going to Auckland Lake. Darvel, Stranraer, you know, places you never, you're never going to go in the league. You're, it's places you've never been before. And I go Easter Road twice a season. It's half an hour away on the 26th. There is no mystery to it. There's no enjoyment. It's like, I get Gordon saying about Green at Martin, our brof's another one. Never seen us play them away from home in a cup that, in, in any sort of tie. But we always seem to get them. And it's, it's the, it's the likelihood of it happening that's really starting to get to me because 
we went from 94 to 2009 without drawing them in the cup, right? It was a fairly normal length of time. But since 2009, we've drawn them, we drew them 12, the 2013 Scottish Cup, the 2012. Um, we drew them in 2015, 2016, 2017, or was it 16, 17, 18? Either way, right? We drew them three, three in a row. We then got them in two semi-finals in a row. Which again, I know once you get to a semi, is the chances of happening are quite are really high anyway. But and then when we don't draw them in the Scottish Cup, we draw them in the League Cup. How many League Cup ties we played down there? And it's it's just boring. I just want I want something different. I want to go to I want to go to teams we've never played before, or even teams we played once or twice, like Air United or something. You know, an actual day out. Like if you can't get the easiest team in the draw at home, which is, which is probably what you want, I, I want a proper day out. And I, I don't know how you solve it because if you see that you take out a large part of the magic of this part of the Scottish Cup where two non-league teams could get each other and potentially get in the last 16 or even the quarter-final. So don't really want to go down that route. Regionalising it would still get Hibs every time because it's just the way it would happen. Um, I don't know if you maybe rule out SPL teams drawing each other. I, I don't know how, how you'd work that. Even just rule out teams for the same city drawing each other like they do in Europe. I, it's just, I'm just fed up with. It. I, I, it's it's a it's a pure fluke, but it's it's annoying that it's happening to us because we went through a ridiculous run of drawing Celtic every year as well. We have Celtic or Aberdeen, give or take, in the fourth round of the cup. Like, and then when it's not, it's Auchin like, right? It's always the same teams. Now Talbot away was brilliant because we hadn't played them away before, but it's like. Again, how do we draw Auckland like Talbot three times in a decade? It's just, sounds no right. Sun needs, somebody needs to turn it off and turn it back on again. Stuck. So the supercomputer needs turned off and turned back on again. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's not a supercomputer. It's not in Glasgow drawing balls at a fucking hat. But yeah, it's it needs, I don't know. I don't know what you do. It's like, I'm trying, it's like shouting at the fucking wind here. Like, what, what do you actually do? You can't change anything about it, but it's just, from the fans' point of view, because you know, if we get past Hibs now, right, forget about the whole thing about being a derby. I'm not bothered about that anymore. It's if we get past Hibs now, likely there's the next round, the chance you get in one of these smaller sites are massively diminished. We probably end up getting a trip to Petodre or Rangers at home or something. And it's it just I don't know, it just frustrates me, man. Even a trip to Partick or something, you know, some of them have been in a couple of years, just anywhere, anywhere that's not Hibs, Aberdeen, Rangers or Celtic. Is there not a wee bit more added spice because the, the, the cup's changed in a way? There's no replays. There won't be any money spinning replays. You know, there, there, was yeah. a, there was added spice the first time it happened, but when it happens every year... So say we lose this one, right? So if, if we'd lost in t- 2006, right? We'd never played them in a semi-final before, right? So that, that was huge. If we lose to them this time, we'll draw them next year anyway. We'll wait 12 months to get the bench. I mean, it's no... It's, it's utterly pointless. I just can't, I can't be bored with it. I can't get my head around it. It keeps happening. See, but I, I can understand the frustration of getting Hibs and all that, but at the same time, I, I'm quite excited for this because it's a winner-takes-all cup tie. And quite honestly, we tend to go into games at Easter Road quite cautious, you know. We, we tend to, you know, not really know what we're doing. Way One way of describing it, of course, yes. <laughs> um, but we have to go and win this game. We have to go and play our best football. And it's a winner-takes-all game. I you, thought one of our best get... performances this season was actually at Easter Road. I, I'm not sure. Like a lot of people criticise that performance at Easter Road, but I actually thought he actually played pretty well that day and should have battered them. 
we should have, but we oh. never. That's the thing. Like, if it goes, just, just never put the, never put them away. But if Hearts got a second goal there, then you know it's it could, could have won that game three 0 But I think, I think, I think this time, you know, hopefully we've had a couple of signings going into the into the game. Um, that'll give us a boost, and you know, I, I, I just, I just don't rehab. See, I think they're pish. And um, and I expect us to put them away at Tynecastle. I know it was a derby game, and we'll obviously be up for it and stuff. But I just think that um, the way we play, if we if we get on the front foot, if we get the energy, you know, in the middle of the park from guys like Devlin, you know, if he's if he's up for it, if he's he's in there, hopefully, you know, I don't know how far away he'll be or not, and if it's even realistic to have him back, Beningame, but probably not. But um, you know, someone of that ilk. I think I think Hearts have got more than a good chance of going down there and putting them away. So I wouldn't be fearful of them. Um, just as you know, obviously we made it difficult for ourselves in the in the semi last year, but I think there was so much pressure on Hearts that day riding on it. I think if Hearts go and turn up and put Hibs away, um, at home at Tynecastle, and then it comes down to the the, you know, the cup game and they are languishing in the bottom half of the table. You know, it could be a difficult afternoon for Hibs, but it's a derby game, who knows? But I don't like that kind of early on in the cup, given how important it still is for us to to make sure that we go as far as we possibly can to try and win it. Um, to be getting these games early on, it really just pisses me off. You know, I, I and I agree with Calvin. I love docking like last season, by the way, brilliant. One of my, certainly up there is in the top three. We had a, some really good trips last year, but certainly up there, my my top three. Really enjoyed it. Um, a new a new ground, new day out. There's a proper magic of the cup feel about that. Um, that day, and I I I would love to go. You know, places like Stranraer, um, even up at Peterhead. You know, I mean, just somewhere a proper Scottish cup feel. Even if it's like Inverness or or part of it. There's so many places you could name that you think yes, would be a fantastic trip. Even one of the Fife clubs, and um, yeah, it's been taken away from us again because we've got to play the same fucking team that we play every single year um, two weeks after we've played them. And it just, ah, I'm just getting sick of it. It's pish. Um, something's got to be done about it. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I want Cove. I want Cove Rangers away. I enjoyed Cove. Cove was brilliant. Cove was really good. Yeah, I remember when we went up there in the, in the League Cup and, the, you know, it's just a wee ground, but it was still good. Um... Aye, I mean that's what I'm saying. You know, trips like that is is what you want. You want to go to places that you've never been before. And I mean, particularly the fourth round. I mean, you understand if you get drawn, you know, in the last eight, it's the last eight. You know, it's eight to one can happen. Um, but when 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 you're going into the last thirty two of the Scottish Cup, and you've got all these teams in there, and and when when you you you've got that odds, and you keep getting the same teams constantly, it's just. <laughs> Doesn't even make you look forward to it. you know the 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 fourth round draw was always the exciting one. Uh, you think who are we going to get? You know, are we going to get a nice wee trip to even doing it Dunfries to play Queen of the South or something? You know, just something a bit fucking different. No, Hibs. And everybody's like, oh, that's a great one. That you know, let's licking our lips at that game. Pish, same crap every year. So nah, seek it now. Um, I'd like to go twenty years without drawing them. Thank you very much. I didn't expect this this bit to go this way, but yeah, thanks thanks for your contributions, guys. Kilarnock on Saturday, and um, we've we've not beat them in a while at Tyne Castle Gordon. Um, 
Big game, big game. Must win. Like all uh, the games. You know, another another team I'm sick of the sight of, to be honest with you. I would have been quite happy for them to stay down for about 10 years. No play them for a wee while. That would have been quite nice. Um, aye, it's, it's a pretty big game. First game back. Um, Kamanakar, notoriously a bogey side for us. Um, I think you say we've not won at home since 2016, but I think we've only won twice or maybe three times since 2010 or something against them. Uh, I believe they've won something like 12. It's an absolutely astounding stat, um, the record they have at Tyne Castle. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's Kilmarnock, they aren't a great side. They're not particularly great to watch. Um, but yet, you know, they've they've knocked us out of the cup and then took a, a, a draw at home against us. Obviously, we were 2-0 down. We came back, got a point that day, but the performance overall wasn't good enough. We gifted them a couple of goals. Um, so I, I, I think it'll be a, a drab game. I don't see it being a, a goal fest by any any means. Um, I don't think it'll be an open game. I think Kilmarnock will, will come in and sit in and make it difficult for us like they did in the cup game. And if they get a chance at the other end, they'll try and take it. And the most important thing for us going into this game is don't give them those opportunities. You know, Try and get an early goal. Um, make sure the momentum's with us, and because you, you, you see the difference it makes when Hearts get an early goal, particularly at home, settles the crowd down, it settles the players down more than anything else. And you see them play, uh, start to play their game, and they look comfortable at home. It's when the game drags on a little bit. Uh, I think you've seen that in the Livingston game, nil nil for a long period of time, and then Livy go one nil down. And I mean, credit that you know the players fought back and managed to get a point, but overall, uh, the performance. It wasn't great. Um, where you know they get the first half goal against Motherwell, and I know it was right in the cusp of half time, but the the performance was right in the first half, even when they went into ten men. So it's about having the right tempo. It's about attacking Kilmarnock. It's about showing that um, because it's going to be a sellout again. You know, not a full house. Um, go and get an early goal, get the feel good factor back. Hopefully, Celtic will beat Aberdeen in the early game. And then bang, you're within a point of Aberdeen again. And, um, and things are, are looking a lot more rosier. And then suddenly you're you're looking forward to, to Dundee United away um, before kind of two to, two crunch games uh, away at St. Johnson Hibs and then at home Hibs. So a lot to look forward to. And uh, But it's got to start with that win and, and hopefully a good performance to match. But I can see it being a quite drab game, maybe. The players won't be as sharp because they've not played for four or five weeks. Um, but obviously, Kilmarnock, you'd imagine they'll be in the same boat. I don't know what they've done, if they've went abroad or what, what Dell's been doing with them or what. But you'd imagine they, they, they will be quite organised and they'll be difficult to beat. But I would expect Hearts to have enough to, to see them off. Yeah, it's, it's, um, they're a denim kind of side. It's not going to be it's not going to be good to watch. It's the, the conditions aren't going to make it good to watch. It's it's one of these man. I mean Kelly Kelly at Tyne Castle is just bizarre. Because whenever we play at Rugby Park, we tend to do okay. Um won quite a few times down there in recent years, got a few draws. It's never been but for some reason when they come at Tyne Castle, they just seem to always take an early lead. And then we just can't break them down. And I just hope Saturday is not the same. I I feel like there's a good, really good opportunity here if we go and win this game, go right up Aberdeen pull further clear of Hibs but we just need to go about it the right way I, th- I think I actually think we'll be okay this time I think um, 
I think the players have got to be raring to go. I think it's like a massive opportunity. I just, I just wish it wasn't Kelly. You know, what I mean, anyone but Kelly in this game would have been quite good. You know, St. Mirren, St. Johnston, Motherwell. I think Kelly have got this really nippy habit of coming to Tinkast and just getting spawny ones. But yeah, it should be, should be one. I mean, Kamarik at home should be three points every time. I mean, we got in like 2017, 2018 when they had Steve Clark and we were finishing third and we were bottom, not bottom six, but six. I understood it then, but as Kelly said, don't finish bottom three. We really haven't finished top three. You've got to be beating that home. And I think this time we will. I think the cup tie. The cup tie, we weren't at it. It came at a very bad time in terms of where we were game-wise. It was, it was a midweek game we really just could have done without. I think the, the game at Rugby Park, we should have battered them in the first half. How Mackay doesn't doesn't put us one up in the first five minutes, I'll never know. Um, they got two very, very soft goals. And even at that, like, we still came back to, to get two to get two really late goals. So there's nothing... Not about this Kelly side, we should fear. I just think if we, we just need to not do what we've done against Levy. We need to go out, start strong, get a goal, and then see where we go from there. But hopefully, hopefully we win. Hopefully we push ourselves right up to right up Aberdeen's arse. And yeah, good good start back. And predictions for the game. Start with you, Gordon. Uh, I'll go for two 0 two 0 at hearts. Um go either side of half time. I think one nil, one nil at half. I think it'll be a very, very tense sort of nervy encounter. I think we'll score fairly early in the first half, and then we'll a bit of a storm second half. But I think we'll I think we'll come through. I'll win. I'm gonna go two two. If we honestly, if it finishes two two, they're getting booed off, and you're getting slapped. <laughs> well, I look forward to that on Saturday. Thank you for joining us this week, guys. Um, yeah, hopefully we don't draw 2-2 or else I'll be getting a slap. Till next week, goodbye. <laughs>